WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Hello, everybody. You are listening to WVUA 90.7 FM, Tuscaloosa Student Section Fantasy Sports. My name is Jamie Martinez, and I'm joined by Jake Riker, Lincoln Burkholder, and Zach Elrod. On today's episode, we're going to be going through an NFL mock draft and looking at which rookies are fantasy relevant for the upcoming NFL season, and if we think they're going to be booms or busts, depending on this mock draft. Obviously, we're not going to be going over defensive players or offensive linemen, just sticking to the QBs, receivers, running backs, and tight ends. So let's get it. We're doing a CBS Sports mock draft by uh, Kyle Stackpole. So shout out Kyle Stackpole. From today. Yes, from today, 10 hours ago. 32 minutes ago it was updated. 32, oh man. I just opened it. Shoot, okay. All right, first pick. The Chicago Bears take Caleb Williams, quarterback oh USC. This is going to get They don't fun stick with Justin right Fields. The they go Caleb Williams, generational quarterback talent, according to many. Jake, do we think this is the right pick? How is th- is this fantasy relevant, Caleb Williams? I think I also like the boom or bust thing you had. I think yes, we sir. can go around and say boom or bust like there we for go. every player. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of Justin Fields. Okay. Uh, I don't maybe it's just because I'm a Lamar Jackson fan they're both running backs okay (laughs) starting off strong I like it (laughs) all right I can't there's got to be some way I can throw Brock Purdy slander in here somehow no we don't got to do that um I love how we're 30 seconds in the show we're already (laughs) talking about Lamar and Brock Purdy um that's what we do best but I think that Caleb Williams is definitely the right pick um even though he had somewhat of a shaky year at USC um this past season obviously he was a Heisman winner two years ago in a phenomenal season where they almost made the playoffs um but I think Chicago needs to move on um from Justin Fields, but the only thing I don't like about the pick is Caleb Williams doesn't he, doesn't even want to be a bear himself. Yeah, he has said that on um, multiple occasions. So fantasy wise, I think he's gonna be a bust. Ooh, wow! I think Caleb Williams is gonna be a bust. I I I don't know about like realistically like career wise, but we're the fantasy show, so I'm gonna keep it fantasy wise. I think he's gonna be a bust. I don't see him doing that like any better than Justin Fields has been doing in Chicago. Um, Chicago seems to spend a lot of money on not the right players. Um, so I, I just can't get behind. I, I really can't. He's got a lot of talent, and I hope he proves me wrong. Um, but I don't see him being that much of a fantasy impact Interesting. In, in his first year. Okay. At least his first year. Wow. Lincoln, what do you got to say? Oh, about Caleb Williams. And there's a lot to say about Caleb Williams. A lot. Um, uh, he's probably – spent a lot of time on Twitter. He's probably the most hated NFL prospect of my lifetime that's yeah. still going to go number one because the gap between him and every other player in this draft is that big, or at yeah. least every other quarterback in this draft. Um, I think just because of the way that he is able to run. and uh, I mean, I honestly, who's the Bears OC right now? Who did they end up hiring if they've hired anybody yet? I don't, I don't know. Let me check Nobody this, yet. actually, because this is their offensive coordinator is going to play a large part whether yeah. or not. Oh, it's Shane Waldron. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't hate Shane Waldron. Pretty mid, not going to lie. Uh, but he made Geno Smith good. Um, and he made Drew Locke look good as well. So if he can make those guys – I mean, Drew Locke led a game-winning drive in Shane Waldron's offense. That I haven't seen true. Drew Locke lead a game-winning drive since I was in, like, ninth grade. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I think if Caleb Williams obviously ends up going to Chicago, 
the mobility plus Shane Waldron's offense, I do think he will end up being good. I don't know if he's worth starting in his first year in like a ten man redraft league. Yeah. Yeah, I don't But uh he should be one of the first five players off the board or one of the first three players off the board in a dynasty draft for sure. For sure. In my opinion. Um Chicago or not, it's Caleb Williams. The description in the mock draft says that the guy who made this pick you'd have to go all the way back to 2012 and andrew luck to find a qb that he'd take over caleb williams so I mean, he, he's no joke as a prospect he is the best prospect in the draft outside of maybe marvin harrison jr but i don't think there's any messing up caleb williams i don't think it's possible so i think he's a boom uh i don't know if it'll be like an elite rookie season fantasy wise but He's a boom. I'd get him. He could be a second-half demon, especially if they're, like, down a bunch to these teams. He could just be airing that thing out. So, I like Caleb Williams personally. All right, Zach, what do you got to say about the USC quarterback? I think I agree with Jake on this one because wow. we know how he does not want to be on the Bears. His dad has mentioned several times how he doesn't want to go number one overall because of the situation. I mean, I mean – if you're going to be this successful and this good at football, you're obviously going to be a high draft pick, which is going to put you in a worse situation because that's just how it works. But we see when Caleb Williams' mindset, when his head isn't in the game, I mean, he wants to sit with his dogs and watch Netflix and stuff. So <laughs> his, if his mind isn't in the game, he's obviously not going to perform, and that's going to reflect the stat sheet. So in a fantasy, looking at it in a fantasy perspective, I mean – it's not looking good to me because if his mind's not in the game, then he's obviously not going to perform. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be a bust, in my opinion, just based off the recent comments that he's made on social media and just all the all the things surrounding him. So, Okay. Well, I think we're looking too far into this guy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Caleb yeah, Caleb Williams, to me, is one of the best talents we've ever seen. Um I mean, he makes some incredible throws looking back at even this season in USC in a, a season that was a little underwhelming. He made some incredible plays, uh, whether it was through the air or on the ground, a real dual threat quarterback. And when you look at fantasy and rookie quarterbacks, uh, I mean, CJ Stroud was phenomenal last year. Uh, Justin Herbert, his rookie season was phenomenal. I think Caleb Williams has all the tools when you look at a dual threat quarterback as a rookie with this high praise. I really like what he's going into. A decent offensive coordinator. Um, they have the most money in the league, so who knows if they go and get a Calvin Ridley or a Mike Williams or a Michael Pittman Jr. They have DJ Moore already. So I think Caleb Williams, even if he doesn't want to be a Bear, he's going to have to be a Bear, and he's going to have to perform. So in fantasy, I think he will be a boom. I think all the stars are aligned for him to be a very solid fantasy quarterback. Now, it may be a C.J. Stroud situation where he might start slow, uh, have to acclimate to the league a little bit. But once that midseason mark hits, I think Caleb Williams will be a great, great quarterback to have on your team. Yeah, I think I think people are underrating. Like, the like the offensive coordinator was awful in Chicago last yeah. year. The pieces on the offense outside of the offensive line, which is putrid, but mm-hmm. did take steps at the end of the year. Like, the offense itself is not bad. Like no. It's D.J. Moore, it's Khalil Herbert, it's Roshan Johnson. There is no wide receiver, too. You've got Cole Komet, but... They have wide money. receiver two and three are awful, but they have money and they have multiple draft. They have multiple first round draft picks. Pick. So I mean, it could be Caleb Williams and then Roma Dunze. Yeah, and uh, that's a that's a great offense. Yeah, this this mock draft doesn't have them going receiver or offense at tackle. all in that ninth pick. Oh no, no, they haven't gotten. Uh, was it Dallas Turner? Yeah, it's yeah. Dallas. Yeah, Turner. Uh, so we won't be going over that ninth pick, um, but they definitely could go offense there to help Caleb Williams with the second pick. The Washington Commanders take LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, Heisman winner. 
how are we feeling about this? Uh, Jaden Daniels, I like him as a prospect. How are we feeling fantasy-wise? Yeah, I think as – I just – I truly think Jaden Daniels is going to be – it's kind of crazy to say because I agree with Lincoln that Caleb Williams is – there's a far gap in between him and whoever's next. As I, a football prospect. Yes, and I truly believe that Jaden Daniels is – that next guy like I think he's got to be the next quarterback off the board he has to be I disagree I think I think as a football prospect I like Drake May more but <laughs> purely fantasy wise we are the student section fantasy show yeah <laughs> um but no like I think Jane Daniels is I think he will be a boom in fantasy this year I think you can definitely take him late in rounds in like 10-man leagues 12 even eight-man leagues you could probably get him later as uh, a QB two because I don't know if, how many people are going to pick him up and he could definitely be your starter by the end of the year um, solely because one he just doesn't turn the ball over that much this past year at LSU he had 40 passing touchdowns and four interceptions that's like what a 10 to 1 ratio he is going to have to learn how to slide yes yeah. that he is, will that he will die true. if he does not yes, learn how to slide. he's taking the hardest true. hits i've ever um, seen but i mean the dude just balls against good defenses like against let's see here um texas a&m they have they had a great front seven last year he threw 16 for 24 235 four touchdowns and no picks against alabama one of the Coast best de- on the road. One of the best defenses in college football last year. Fifteen for twenty-four, two nineteen, two two touchdowns. He did throw a pick that was off the tip, and then he also rushed for one hundred sixty-three yards that game. Um, Him and Milrow put it on last he, year. He, I mean, just his rushing ability and like he, he's a he's a good pocket passer as well. I mean, there's no denying that. So I think he is an immediate. If he goes to Washington, I mean, he's got Terry McLaurin. He's got. Um, Gosh, why am I blanking? Jahan Dotson, he's got Curtis Samuel, and I mean they don't have the enemy anymore at their OC, mm-hmm. so that it'll be it curious. Or it was a uh, Kingsbury, yes, right? Cliff yeah. Kingsbury. So it's Cliff. that I've just I looked at. It. I kind of like that with mm-hmm. with Jane Daniels as well. So I think there's a lot of good that could come out with him in fantasy, and honestly, like I wouldn't mind if he's my fantasy. Yeah, I mean, next year, no, Cliff Kingsbury's the OC that had Kyler Murray as like QB five. Yeah, in exactly. Season. So um, I, th- I think he's a boom, and I think he's going to be immediate immediate fantasy impact. Yeah, I don't have much to add. Uh, it's fantasy, like pure, from a purely fantasy perspective, it's a similar thing to what like people looked at with Anthony Richardson last year, but like on steroids. Yep. Yeah, I was just going to say this is um, another Anthony Richardson, Richardson situation. But better, like yeah. he could but be he could, he could be a horrible quarterback, and I'd still start him in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I did the math on purely rushing alone in in his twenty twenty three college season. He scored one hundred and seventy three point four total fantasy points. I mean, he had 1,134 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns last season, which is unbelievable numbers this on game, the ground for a quarterback. I'm looking at this game. I, it was against Florida, and Florida um, was above average last year. Yeah. He, he threw for almost 400 yards and he rushed almost, for 234. <laughs> on 12 carries. That's crazy. On 12 that's carries. That's 19 so and a half wild. yards per carry. Six total touchdowns. Or five total touchdowns. That's, he's so like, good. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I honestly don't know how he'll translate to the NFL. I have no input on that, but I know the rushing and I know the athleticism will and I mean I'd start him from day one yeah. I'd pick him yeah. as they'll a translate to fantasy I'll It'll tell you that I would, I would confidently pick him as like my starting quarterback from week one yeah just because of how well he runs the ball we saw it with Anthony Richardson and he's not even as talented of a runner as Jaden Daniels is so I got nothing but praise for Jaden Daniels fantasy wise he's a superstar in my eyes absolutely yeah I don't have anything much to add Jaden Daniels I went to the Alabama LSU game and he just torched our zone defense like 
it was nothing. They just send the receivers up the field, and it just opened up gaps for him. And, I mean, we see what Jaden Daniels can do with his legs. We just talked about it. I mean, it's insane. So, and the way he can just, like, throw the football. I mean, everything he does, I mean, especially relating to fantasy, it's only going to be up from his career, especially his rookie career. I mean, if he's able to stay healthy, I mean, we're looking at a great fantasy rookie year. So, yeah, I got nothing different to say. So, Yeah, absolutely. Jaden Dan- yeah, Daniels, when you're looking at fantasy alone, could definitely, without a doubt, be better than Caleb Williams. When you're looking at fantasy, Jaden Daniels is one of the best runners we've seen in years. And when you add that with some of the best quarterback numbers that I've ever seen he doesn't turn the ball over he has an arm that can compete with anybody uh, extremely accurate can throw on the run and he's one of the best runners we've seen it's a recipe for success now will it translate to the NFL I'm not sure but I know it will translate to fantasy so when you put him in with Washington he's got Terry McLaurin all these weapons uh, new coaching staff we'll see how that goes but I'm liking the way it's all panning out for Jaden Daniels so absolutely I think he will be a boom um, much more likely than he will be a bust. So, Jaden Daniels, that is that. And now let's who, move on. The Commanders, do they even have a head coach yet? Oh, Dan Quinn. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right, now moving on to the third pick, the New England Patriots take Drake May, quarterback out of North Carolina. This can go either way, really, fantasy-wise. How are we feeling about Drake May on the Patriots, mind you? I don't know. Like, I feel like Drake May is like – I'm looking at his profile picture here, and then, like, it's next to a Patriots logo, and it just fits perfectly. Yeah, that like, looks I, like a Patriot I feel right like there. I was like, yeah, that guy's a New England Patriot. That's a Patriot. Um, I'm on the fence because I think Drake May has the potential to have a fantasy impact. Like, I think if he can come, like, the – they were talking about how Mac Jones just like completely lost over the locker room in New England, and obviously nobody was starting Mac Jones in fantasy football this past year, um, or really anybody on that Patriots offense except for Ramadre week to week. Sometimes and he was hurt um, like the whole season. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so like I really want to say bust because I, I kind of think that's where it's going, and I also think Drake May is just going to be like a worse version of Josh Allen. I've like seen a lot just of Justin Herbert, just, yeah, just like turn the ball over a lot. Like I don't, but I think in New England, I think New England's a perfect place for him to potentially succeed. With mm-hmm. uh, I just think it is like I, th- I their O line is still fairly good. Like they can if they can stay healthy and protect Drake May. Yeah, um, he doesn't really have any weapons, which scares me because I, I don't see, huh. At all. Oh, don't yeah, have no. Any receivers. I thought you said Al, and I was like, who am I offending right now? I don't <laughs> think there's anybody on the Patriots that I'm offending, except for um, Pop Douglas. I respect yeah. him. Um, but I, I don't see Drake May throwing for 300 yards a game, three touchdowns a game, and getting those fantasy points that you need. So I think he could definitely be a backup option in fantasy football this year, potentially. Um, but I don't see him having immediate impact in fantasy football his rookie season. I mean, yeah, I said it earlier. I think he's the second best quarterback prospect in this draft, but I don't think he's going to be fantasy useful in the slightest in his rookie season. I don't think he's worth the draft pick. I don't think he'll be picked up from free agency at any point in the season unless he, like, goes off for one game and someone snags him and throws him on his bench and then drops him the following week. And it's not because of him. Uh, He's a little bit of a developmental quarterback, in my opinion. I don't think – 
he's going to come into the league and immediately light it up. He totally could. He's got the talent. But in that offense, with uh, it's Alex Van Pelt's their offensive coordinator. I don't know a ton about him, uh, but I know he. I don't know if he had an offensive coordinator job prior to the Patriots hiring, um, other than like in the past. But yeah, it's just a bad offense, flat out. There's no way around it. There's not a single like solid receiver that can play on the outside in that offense. Bob Douglas is good, but he's a slot guy, and it's not like perfect all around. Uh, the running backs are fine, but the O line's not great. I don't know what the play calling will be like. I just I don't think he's going to be fantasy useful. He could be down the line. He could be a great quarterback in the future, but I think in 2024 he's going to be a non-factor in fantasy football. In all honesty. Yeah, I agree with Lincoln. I don't really know too much about the Patriots offense. I don't really think they have much going for them. Drake May, I mean, he did awesome in North Carolina. Had some great, great games. It's just like, yeah, he is probably going to be more of a developmental quarterback. Hopefully they can give him time and hopefully they, I mean, don't do him like they did Mac Jones. I mean, I know people go either way on that topic, saying if Mac Jones was ready or if he was even a good NFL quarterback or if it was the system he was put in. But hopefully Drake May isn't a product of that Patriots and hope that hopefully they can develop him properly because, I mean, like Lincoln said, to Lincoln's point, he has the talent for it. But as far as fantasy-wise, I mean, he's not going to make a huge impact. I mean, you definitely shouldn't – I wouldn't draft Drake May. I mean, yeah, definitely should go other ways with the quarterback option for fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. I got to agree there. Uh, the Patriots, it's just tough because Drake May is going to be thrown into a hard situation with a completely new coaching staff. He's going to lose two of his starting offensive linemen with Trent Brown and uh, I can't remember his name, uh, but another one of their guards uh, going into free agency. Um, the receiving core is abysmal. They had uh, three players in the top 10 of the worst getting open percentage in the NFL. So you're not getting any help there and I don't think Pop Douglas is a real eye opener receiver um Drake may I'm not saying he's not going to be great uh but fantasy wise year one it's just not there uh maybe five years from now he'll be really good because he has the assets he's 6'4 230 runs extremely fast can evade uh from pressure but uh, I just don't see it fantasy wise year one I do think he's going to be a bust fantasy wise not in the NFL but fantasy-wise, this is not his year. Uh, if you're going to look at a rookie quarterback, I'm definitely looking at Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels or maybe somebody else down the line. I'm not sure. But that's Drake May. And with that, we're going to be right back after a short intermission, continuing our 2024 rookie analysis. See you soon. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to WVUA 90.7 FM, Tuscaloosa Student Section Fantasy Sports. We're back continuing our 2024 rookie fantasy analysis with this mock draft from CBS Sports. We've gone through the first three picks, all quarterbacks, and now we're getting into something different. The fourth pick, according to CBS Sports, has Marvin Harrison Jr. of Ohio State going to the Arizona Cardinals. They also have him as the best prospect in this draft entirely. The six foot four receiver to the Cardinals. They said they're looking for their next Larry Fitzgerald fantasy-wise. Do we think they get it in this season? How are we feeling? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I feel like we're all going to be on the same page here, so I'm yeah. not going to sit here and ramble. Um, yes, <laughs> I think yeah. he's going to be a, a boom of a wide receiver, immediate impact. If the rumors are true and Hollywood Brown does not come back, he's the wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. On day one, like week one, he will be a wide receiver one. Whatever, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that simple. I think he's going to ball out. I mean, he's yeah. I, there's so much to say about Marvin Marvin Harrison that it's kind of hard to put it together because I could just sit here and just praise him for so long. All day. But like, yeah. he, he's going to be a generational talent and he's going to have a fantasy impact and he's going to be in lineups week one fantasy. For sure. Yep. I mean, I don't have much else to say. I like Kyler Murray as a quarterback. I think he can handle a fantasy wide receiver one. He's done it uh, at least once or twice in his career with D Hop and even Marquise Brown. I think last, not this past year, but the year before that was pretty fantasy relevant uh marvin harrison jr is a superior wide receiver like as a prospect to both of them um uh and he's probably he'll probably be a superior wide receiver to a 36 year old deandre hopkins week one and a 36 year old or 32 he's not that old but in order deandre hopkins in year one in that offense was like a top 15 fantasy wide receiver i'm picking marvison harrison jr or mar not marvinson <laughs> that's hard marvison marvin's uh, yeah maserati marv um <laughs> shout out gus johnson i'm picking him as early as like i pick him in the second round i'd borderline pick him in the late first round and yeah. he's a wide receiver one from the second you draft him i don't think there's going to be any question about it and i think week one he's going to be projected like 17 fantasy points <laughs> probably um don't overthink that one he's a first two round pick he i mean if you want to pick him as early as like five honestly wouldn't even sweat it um probably he's that good of a player i don't have anything else to say that's a top 10 wide receiver immediately yeah i don't have much else to say either i mean as long as Kyler murray can stay healthy get back from that injury i mean it's just going to make marvin harrison that much better i mean to think that he could be like a fifth pick that lincoln just said i mean that's honestly crazy to think but i mean that's it's not that crazy honestly because marvin harrison is just like he's that guy so yeah i don't have much else to say yeah absolutely marvin harrison jr to me has the possibility to finish top five in fantasy at the end of the season. Um, It's all there. You're going to have Kyler Murray, who was doing crazy things with DeAndre Hopkins when they were together. Um, This is an absolute no-brainer. One of the best prospects we've seen of all time with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals as their wide receiver one. Uh, That's basically a guarantee. It's a match made in heaven for Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, like Lincoln was saying, he could go top five in your first round, and it'd be perfectly okay because he is that dang good. Marvin Harrison Jr. is that guy, and he's going to be fantasy relevant from day one and for years and years to come. So that's a boom right there. And next, another guy, another receiver who was with Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, goes five out of LSU to the Chargers. I really like this personally. How are we feeling about Malik Neighbors to the Chargers, fantasy-wise? I don't even – like, I'm not going to lie, I don't really like it. Like, I, I'm i looking at this other mock draft. I'm going to switch it up a little bit, you know. And I'm looking at this other mock draft that I have pulled up. And they have the Chargers taking Brock Bowers at pick five. And I like that significantly more than taking Malik Neighbors. Like, it, the Chargers are basically saying, yeah, we really screwed up last year with taking Quentin Johnston. Yeah. And he doesn't have a role in our offense anymore. Like, you – well, Quentin Johnson's also bad. Exactly. Like, I just don't – I think it would be silly for the Chargers to take neighbors a little – I mean, maybe. 
me. I, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of a lot of hate for saying that for them to, saying it's silly to take him. I mean, if they do take him, I think he's going to be a boom. Like he's mm-hmm. a stud wide receiver. Like we saw him in Brian Denny Stadium drop yeah. numbers. Yeah, he cooked on a, yeah, really yeah, bad. Yeah, he did really bad. Um, Against probably the best secondary in college football, maybe, maybe probably. a little bias. Um, no but bias. no, he he's the real deal. And if he gets a, uh, a excuse me, a quarterback like Justin Herbert on his team, Jeez. yeah, it's it's going to be scary things. Like maybe producing better numbers than Marv. If I, I think that's say. a real possibility. Uh, that is but a real possibility. I think, but I'm going to say the Chargers are going to take Brock Bowers, and I like that even more. I think Brock Bowers would do really good things in that Chargers offense. Um, I'll stick with Malik Neighbors here, and I think it's a boom. I think we're looking at another early round draft pick in fantasy. I think you can pick him in the third if they take him, to be honest. Because Keenan Allen, obviously great wide receiver, but he's what like 33 ish years old now. He's old. He's old. Um, he's due for. He's there's due for absolutely no doubt in my mind that he will not play 17 games next season. He I'm hasn't not. done it for numerous years in a row now. He was already a relatively injury riddled wide receiver before he got old, and now he is old. I don't think they bring back Mike Williams, so I don't think there's an open spot there. Malik Neighbors is so far clear of Quentin Johnson as a prospect and as a player that I don't even need to talk about it. No. Um, the quarterback's Justin Herbert. The offensive coordinator is Kellen Moore. You can't ask for a better situation than what they have for Malik Neighbors waiting in San Diego or Los Angeles, not San Diego. Should <laughs> San Diego. Waiting in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I have. I'd be fully confident taking him in the late second or third or like anywhere in the third round. So. Malik Neighbors is an elite wide receiver prospect. He's an elite football player, and the Chargers will have no problem making him an extremely fantasy-relevant player from day one. Yeah, for reference, I mean, he dropped 171. He had 171 yards and a touchdown on 10 receptions versus Alabama. And I know it's Mississippi State, and they did not do great last year. But, I mean, he had 239 yards with two touchdowns and 13 receptions. That is insane. Malik Neighbors, I get what Jake was saying with Brock Bowers, but, I mean, I don't think – you could go either way. Both ways I do not think are bad picks. But Malik Neighbors just – talking about him specifically he's going to make a really good fantasy impact i think he's definitely going to be a great option for the chargers especially going along with keenan allen if he can stay healthy i mean that's just going to make their offense that much better yeah malik neighbors to the chargers is an absolute match made in heaven because cutting mike williams saves the chargers 22 million dollars in cap space that's a lot that's a lot money. of money yeah he's uh, not coming back yeah if you just cut they're 20 million dollars under the cap it would be a chargers thing yeah to, just to cutting mike williams him. gets them free actual money to spend so they're gonna cut mike williams bring in malik neighbors keenan allen's not gonna play a ton of games malik neighbors is gonna be the wide receiver one in multiple games and with justin herbert and John Harbaugh and Kellen Moore is actually not the offensive coordinator. It's Ravens legend Greg Roman. Uh, so, yeah. Please don't call him. And Ravens also, this legend. mock draft is uh, not Kyle Stackpole. He just wrote the article. It's Ryan Wilson and Rick Spielman. Yeah, I was gonna say Rick Spielman's making all these picks that I'm looking at. But Malik Neighbors to me is an absolute dream fit. He's absolutely what the Chargers need, and that's a playmaker because the Chargers haven't had a playmaker since Keenan Allen, probably like seven years ago when he wasn't, you know injured every other game so uh Malik Neighbors with Justin Herbert match made in heaven fantasy wise he could be a top five receiver in fantasy because he's that dang good uh especially alongside Justin Herbert we saw Keenan Allen's numbers before he was hurt all the time it was incredible uh and I think that could be Malik Neighbors as well so that's a boom fantasy guy to me right there probably a 
maybe a first round pick in some drafts. Ooh, I don't know. I think it's I don't think it's a wow. crazy thing to say. He's that good. But uh definitely second, third round type of guy probably. Yeah. Now in this mock draft, between you know, five and thirteen, there's no fantasy prospects. It's all O line, defense type of guys. Um and all the way until 13 is where we see our next fantasy-relevant player, and that is quarterback J.J. McCarthy going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, this is crazy because J.J. McCarthy, I've seen not go in the first round. I've seen him go top 10. So, McCarthy to the Raiders, fantasy-wise, how are we feeling? I need to take a deep breath before I start talking in case I start ranting about (laughs) J.J. McCarthy. Um, I think it's funny here because they have a little quote that says – I think there'll be competition to start, um, and that's with Aiden O'Connell, of course, but I, but know that J.J. is going to be our guy. And it kind of fears me. I would be feared, scared, worried, anxious. as a. I could keep going as a Raiders fan. If, if I hear my GM or organization say that J.J. McCarthy is going to be our guy, um, because he's not that guy, <laughs> simply. Um, and for fantasy value, He's not going to be that guy in fantasy either. Like, I don't – He he's the kind of – now, don't get me wrong. He could succeed in the NFL. I know there's a lot of hate around J.J. McCarthy, but in the right system, he's definitely a game manager, what we thought Brock Purdy was, even though he's not a game manager anymore. But McCarthy could be that game manager mm-hmm. um, and win a couple of football games for your team. But I don't – like, he's not going to put up the stats to have relevance in fantasy football. Like, yeah. I, I think I don't think he'll get drafted in fantasy football at all this year. I really don't think he will. It's not crazy to say that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's going to be a bust for fantasy. But, I mean, I hope the best for him. That, I can't believe I just said that. But fantasy-wise, <laughs> he won't touch my roster or anybody's roster, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Now, my initial reaction to this was absolutely not. Um, no way. <laughs> but it's a purely fantasy perspective, and the kid can run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anthony, uh, what's his last name? There, Antonio Pierce. Yeah, that's his name. Um, he is—he's a good coach. I like him as a coach. He's not an offensive guy, but uh, I mean, even Aiden O'Connell was not too horrible fantasy-wise playing in La- playing in Las Vegas. You've got to remember, uh, Devontae Adams will be back. Uh, they can't seem to get rid of him, even though he wants to leave. So I would bet that he'll be back. Uh, I would highly doubt they. Even if they don't re-sign Josh Jacobs, they've got Zamir White. It's not a horrible – it's a pretty good running back option. Hunter Renfro's there. Jacoby Myers is there. Michael Mayer's there. Um, I mean, it's a good offense all around position player-wise. The offensive line could use work, um, and J.J. McCarthy is going to have to adjust to that because the Michigan offensive line was unbelievable. So, um, but yeah, I really do think there could be some back end fantasy value here. I don't think he start. I don't. I highly doubt that he's a startable fantasy quarterback in a ten man league in 2024. But I really don't think it's impossible just because of how well he's able to move, like with his legs and the weapons are there for him to. If he's able to convert his talent to the NFL, the weapons are there for it to look really good. Um, I. I'm on the fence here, but I wouldn't hate him as, like, a late-round backup quarterback. I really wouldn't, to be honest. And I hate saying that because he beat Alabama, but yeah, I really, really wouldn't hate it as a late-round, like, flyer option at QB. And and I, I would pick him in Dynasty in, like, the second or third round yeah, that's if fair. he ends up in Vegas. Yeah, as far as, like – you know, just based off his career, I think J.J. McCarthy could develop into a solid QB, but 
this is a fantasy show and JJ McCarthy, especially in his rookie year, he's not gonna prove he's not gonna give you any value. Now all things considering, maybe say your quarterback goes down with an injury, maybe you just desperately need somebody. JJ McCarthy probably will be on the waivers. I mean, because he might not be in certain drafted in certain leagues, so maybe you need to pick him up, and that might not be a horrible option. So, yeah, that's all I really got to say about JJ McCarthy and his fantasy value. So that's probably just going to be a waiver wire pickup for most people in most leagues. Yeah, I gotta agree there. JJ McCarthy to me is uh, what casuals think Brock Purdy is. J.J. McCarthy is kind of a game manager. I think he's a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. Mm, don't say all that. He, could be, uh, he should take over. The, the Niners should draft J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, I think we trade up to one and draft J.J. McCarthy. Um, but to me, McCarthy on the Raiders is not the best fit. Bro, could you imagine that? <laughs> I would cry. I think I think Jamie would like. I'd stop being a Niner fan. Yeah, I'd go to like the Dolphins or something. Uh, but JJ McCarthy to the Raiders. I don't know how much I like this fit because Antonio Pierce. He's going to be his first year as the full-time head coach. Now he beat Kansas City in arrowhead on christmas last year that's amazing he has a big win but in that game i'm pretty sure aiden o'connell had like two completions so for jj mccarthy it doesn't look too good the defense is what is really the focus for the raiders and when you're looking at fantasy that's not going to get jj mccarthy very many points um you're going to pair him with jacoby myers is a great receiver too a aging Devonte adams and josh jacobs probably won't be there next year so who knows what that running back situation is going to look like i'm not liking jj mccarthy for the first year in fantasy that's not to say he can develop down the line but when you're looking at fantasy i could definitely see him, see him being undrafted and a waiver wire pickup later if he gets a decent opportunity or if he's panning out but with that we're going to be right back after a short intermission continuing our 2024 rookie fantasy analysis we'll see you soon WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Welcome back to WVUA 90.7 FM, Tuscaloosa Student Section Fantasy Sports. We're going to jump right back into our 2024 rookie fantasy analysis following the CBS Sports mock draft. From 13 is where they take J.J. McCarthy. We have a pretty big jump down to 17. Shout out Terry on Arnold going 15 to the Colts. Roll Tide. 17, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the blonde-haired Trevor Lawrence take the blonde-haired Romo Dunze what? from, <laughs> Insane from Washington. Analysis. Yes, that's the best I got. I loved the connection yeah. you found there. So... Jacksonville gets Romo Dunze, a replacement for Calvin Ridley. How are we feeling fantasy-wise? I mean, I love it. I think R- Romo Dunze is a fantastic wide receiver. 6'3", 215. He can, he can spread a defense with his speed. He can get go get the jump ball. I mean, last year he had 92 catches for 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns. I mean, he just balled out. Um, and it's not even like he's going to a bad team in the show. Like I can't believe he's still on the board at 17. To be honest with you, I think he's, I think he is. Mm, you know what? I don't, I don't care. I think he's the second best receiver in this in this draft class. Really? I think he is. Wow. I Over really neighbors? think. He, yes. Uh, just behind. Um, 
Marvin Harrison. I think wow. I think he, he, he uh I don't want to say that. I was gonna say he could even be better than Marvin Harrison. Like mm. he's, I think it's talk, hard. Talk, talk talk honestly. Like, I think it's hard because Neighbors like, is an seriously. LSU receiver, and LSU receivers like have I would a not great take track him history. Harrison yeah. Jr. Yeah. For the record, I don't think he's close to Marvin Harrison. No, I don't think no. he is either. But like I, I think he's definitely the second best receiver in the class. And like going to Jacksonville in a in an offense with or just like a, a team that's like close to making a deep playoff run. I think mm-hmm. they just need to tighten up a little bit. Fill a couple spots. I mean, if you get Trevor Lawrence at the, at the helm, you still have ETN in the backfield, and then your receivers are Calvin Ridley, Adunze. Um, who else? Gonna, there's no way Ridley comes back. That's true. No. If, just because of – I mean, it says it here. I don't know what the draft compensation is that they'll get, but apparently they get draft compensation if they – Yeah, he ain't coming back. Oh. Don't sign but him. even without Ridley, you still have Adunze. Um, you have Kirk. You have – Evan Ingram's a great tight end. He, he can, he's basically a receiver, too. Um, yeah. They have a great offense. They just need to fix that defense up a little bit. But, like, oh, my gosh, that's a heck of a wide receiver core if you get – and I think he I think he is a – because we have to talk about fantasy, of course. I think he, he makes an immediate fantasy impact. Like, he could be a wide receiver, too, this year. Definitely a flex guy. I think he goes round uh, – I don't know what round. Maybe, like, six or seven in maybe. fantasy drafts. Um, but, yeah, I think – I would want him on my fantasy team for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be one of the biggest Roma Dunze fans on the planet. No, seriously. Like, I, um, he might be a jersey falls Wow. If immediately. Yeah, <laughs> if, if he falls to 17, first of all, fire everybody who's picking above yeah, the Jaguars. Seriously. And that isn't in the top five. Because I think there's absolutely there's no that way that this guy should be available. Too. No, I think he goes nine. I think, I, think he's, yeah. I think he's clear of neighbors. And I think past pick eight, you're doing your team a disservice if you're not picking him. Like, yeah. your Broncos could take him at yeah. 12. Like, the Steelers if, if he's on the board at 12 and yeah. he's not no, wearing no. – <laughs> No. If he's on the board at 12 and he's not wearing orange next season in Denver, I'm going to throw up on my TV. Um, <laughs> like in, someone, someone write in that all down. honesty. Hottest TV is um, crazy. The show caption, it's going to be yeah. Maserati Marvin and Lincoln, Lincoln throwing up, up on TV. TV. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if he lands with Jacksonville and Ridley's not there and he's the number one receiver on the team, I'm picking him in the second round. Um, I might pick him in the first Jeez. round. That's unbelievable value, that's and that's crazy. an unbelievable landing spot for an unbelievable player. There's no other way around it. Um, he's six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds, runs routes like some of the best in the NFL, and he's one of the greatest like jump ball receivers that I've watched in college in my lifetime. To be honest, um, there's nothing stopping me from picking Roma Dunze in the second round of a fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. So. Especially if he ends up in Jacksonville. Yeah, Romo Dunze is what we thought Quentin Johnson was going to be. No, Romo Dunze is so far clear of Quentin Johnson. No, that's what he was supposed to be, Quentin Johnson. But Romo Dunze clears him heavily. Yeah, Romo Dunze balled out against some great teams. Texas, Oregon, even got a little bit, balled out a little bit against Michigan. I mean, Romo Dunze... With Calvin Ridley out, that's only going to boost his fantasy value even more. Him being more – I mean, I don't see him not being the number one option for that Jacksonville team. Trevor Lawrence, if he can stay healthy, that's even better. I mean, yeah, Romo didn't say – I mean, if he falls to 17, that's a steal for Jacksonville. That's an absolute steal for them. So, I yeah, him. I, I love it. him make fools out of first-round quarterback prospects all season. Yeah, absolutely. Romo Dunze here. If he falls to Jacksonville somehow by some miracle, 
then he is going to be a instant guy to play on your fantasy team, especially in those 10-man, 12-man leagues. He's going to be that flex wide receiver too. I could see him playing in some eight-man <laughs> leagues. Uh, Romo Dunze is that good, especially if he's in Jacksonville. I'm thinking he's outside of Christian Kirk, he's instantly that wide receiver one. Uh, you're pairing him with Zay Flowers in a high-powered offense with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. That offense is going to be able to do anything, and Odunze, I mean, come on. There's no way he falls that far because he is so, so good. Uh, that's really all I can say. Yeah, He's going to be an instant boom type of guy in fantasy. The only thing I want to add is because I know, like, when you're picking in fantasy drafts, it's easy to overlook rookies because you haven't seen them play in the NFL. And yeah. it's, easily, it's easy to sit there. I, I do it myself. It's easy to sit there and doubt, like, is this guy really going to translate? I can promise you that Romo Dunze, if he ends up in Jacksonville, will translate. Yeah. Um, you think back to the rookie seasons that Jamar Chase had. He was a second-round pick as a rookie, I think. Uh, Justin Jefferson obviously was like undrafted in fantasy as a rookie because he was like the 20th overall pick. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing in a league with casual players, if he's the 17th overall pick, they're not even going to look at him. No. Um, and I would get him off the board as fast as I could if I had the chance or if I have the chance. Um, do not doubt Roma Dunze and do not doubt the rookie season that he could have. Yeah, and when you're looking at all these receiver prospects, it's extremely situational when it comes to fantasy because Odun's a high-powered offense, and same with Neighbors and Harrison. Uh, next up, pick 18, the Cincinnati Bengals somehow, someway, land Brock Bowers. Oh, yeah, we can keep this one quick. Tight end from Georgia. <laughs> I think it's a very quick consensus on how we feel about this. First-round draft pick. Yeah, that's. I don't even want to talk about this one. You guys yeah. got it. Yeah, that's he's. He's going to be a top two tight end. If Joe Burrow is throwing to that guy with Jamar Chase on the outside, T Higgins, and maybe T Higgins. If they, I guess if they franchised him. They did. He's, he's yeah, going to so be there. Stuck. So Jamar Chase, T Higgins are their top two options, and nobody's guarding Brock Bowers. Nope. Yeah. What is going to happen? Yeah, no, that's a quick one. Brock <laughs> Bowers might finish as the tight end one next year because that's, that's Sam Laporta's situation on steroids. On literal some crazy steroids and now we take a big jump to the 23rd pick where the houston texans take brian thomas jr wide receiver out of lsu malik neighbors partner in crime um i haven't seen a ton of brian thomas jr stuff i've really only seen a lot of hype from him in the last couple weeks um but i mean the houston texans that's a real that's a great fit how are we feeling yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I I, I kind of agree. There wasn't much talk around him going mm-hmm. into this. I mean, Maybe who knows? Trading we, up for him. we still have a little bit to yeah, go. Yeah, they have him trading up with Cleveland. Oh wait, no, yeah. that's a uh, the Deshaun Watson pick. Mm. We still have a little bit to go to the draft. I'm sure it's sometime in April. I believe. I'm assuming because it normally is. So this could change very drastically until draft day. But I. I'm not a big fan of the Brian Thomas pick, to be honest. Like, I think the Texans have enough with Nico Collins and Tank Dell that they could go use free. Like, I feel like they have to have a lot of cap money. Like, they definitely do. Um, I think they're uh, the top ten. So, like, I feel like you should use your like a free agency signing for maybe like a third wide receiver instead of using a draft pick. I think they need, could go fill another hole, maybe another O line with protect Stroud they or need an edge rusher or go defense. Yeah, yeah. to match with Will. Go de- go defense. I think they should go defense. Yeah, because they have Jonathan um, Bernard, but he's a free agent. So. so I don't. I'm not a big fan of this pick, and I don't think be, solely because of fantasy. I don't even if he does go there, I don't think he does much fantasy wise no. behind Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Not with those two. Yeah, I have. Uh, I'm pretty on the fence. I have not seen a lot of Brian Thomas Jr. tape either. I saw a little bit. Shout out Theo Ash NFL. Posted a couple clips that I watched. I love that guy. And he looked 
I mean, he looks good. I saw him in a couple games during the season, and, I mean, he's definitely a playmaker, and it could be another situation where you're looking at a guy that gets overlooked because he was the second wide receiver on an elite LSU offense. We've seen that story before, and we know how it ends. Um, so I would not overlook him in late rounds. I doubt he's a top even 10. He's probably going to go undrafted in most fantasy drafts. Um, I would not doubt him, and I would definitely – he's definitely going to be a guy that I'm looking at it like – last three rounds is kind of like a flyer bench spot because there is a ceiling there there definitely is i just don't know what it is yet so yeah as far as his career in at houston i don't i don't think he's going to ball it for the texans just due to their offense being pretty solidified as of the moment especially their receiver core but I mean, we know the history of LSU receivers. We know what they can do with Justin Jefferson, DeMarte, so the list goes on. But, I mean, anyways, it's just, yeah. This guy, he could ball up for any other team. The Texans, I don't think it's going to be one of them. So, as of his rookie season, fantasy-wise, I don't think he's going to produce much value. But I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him in the future. So Yeah, for sure. Brian Thomas. Just looking at his, you know, his measurables, 6'4", 205. Oh, that guy's huge. Out of LSU, which is wide receiver U. Um, yeah, 17 tutties. He runs like a 4'4", four, 4'5". Four, four, yeah, too. I mean, just I'm pretty sure he's going this high just because of those measurables and what he can be as a prospect. He especially, was also great in LSU. Last yeah, he was. Um, and especially if you pair him with a guy like C.J. Stroud, that could be amazing. But when you draft him into this offense, he's probably going to be the receiver three, maybe two, because you're going to have Tank Dell ahead of him, who, yes, he was hurt, but his rookie season was incredible. And then Nico Collins had a complete breakout season last year. He was incredible, over 1,000 yards. Brian Thomas, to me, in his rookie season, won't be that fantasy guy you're looking for. Um, could be a good dynasty type of guy. But when you're looking in that, you know, eight, ten-man league, he's going to go undrafted. Could be a pretty cool little uh, draft – or uh, sorry, waiver wire pickup down the line. But, you know, those deeper leagues, those 12, 14, 16-man leagues, I could see him being uh, one of those guys to be taken in the later rounds. Brian Thomas, I think there's a lot of potential for him to be really good, just not yet. And then our last – fantasy uh, prospect in the first round is Keon Coleman, wide receiver out of Florida State, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 26. Let's finish off this first round. How are we feeling about Keon Coleman? I really like this pick uh, fantasy-wise for the Bucs. I think if if they take Keon Coleman, that's pretty much saying Mike Evans won't be on our team next year because he's basically a Mike Evans wide receiver. And yeah. why would you take two? I mean, this guy's 6'4", 215. That's just Mike Evans. Yeah, it's tattoos. literally Mike Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it, so you're not going to have two jump ball receivers on the same team. Like, it, it just won't happen. So if Mike Evans leaves, maybe he'll come to Baltimore. That would be really awesome. And they take Keon Coleman. I think he does have immediate impact in fantasy. Um, obviously, Chris Godwin, I guess, would still be considered wide receiver one. But Keon Coleman could take that over very, very quickly. Um, if, he, if they use him like they use Mike Evans, yeah. Um, so I, I I think he's a good late round fantasy guy. If if you have a keeper league, you could you could possibly get him late enough that you could keep him for the following seasons. Um, so I really like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I'm out on Keon Coleman. Uh, Tampa Bay, whatever the destination is, I'm out. Uh, especially if Mike Evans is there, he'll be completely useless. Yeah. Um, he's not even worth touching in drafts if Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are there. But I just don't love him as a prospect. He's I don't think the route running is there to create separation yeah, against NFL cornerbacks. I don't think that the 
the high end, like top of the line speed is there. He's a fast player, but I don't like you need a four three or a four four to be a true speed guy in the NFL. And he can sure he can go up and get it. He's huge. We watched him do it all year at Florida State. But um I just don't think that being only a jump ball receiver translates to the NFL anymore. I don't think it does, and I don't think Keon Coleman is going to be an impact player from day one until he can develop another aspect of his game to be a first. Because I don't think any other aspect of his game right now outside of his physicality and hands is first-round NFL worthy. Um, I Flyers on him in late rounds, maybe. I'm with that. Uh, Dynasty Leagues, obviously you're picking him because he's a top-five wide receiver off the board. Um, but... He's not moving me in any redraft league for 10 or 12, man. That's just – I'm just not a huge Keon Coleman guy as a prospect. Yeah, for sure. I think this is great for their future, especially with Tampa Bay. I mean, Mike Evans, he's getting older. And, you know, Tampa has only had Mike Evans for a long time. So, Keon Coleman, to just add on to that, would be great for him in the future. But as of right now, fantasy value, I do not see Keon Coleman just absolutely balling out. I don't see him being a flex guy. I don't really see him being your wide receiver one. Definitely not. Or two. But, I mean, he had a great game against LSU, nine receptions with 122 yards and three touchdowns, which, I mean, he had some great games, great highlights to the year. But it's just obviously if he'll be able to translate to the NFL. And as of right now, I don't think he can translate. So maybe in the distant future you can keep an eye on him, maybe keep an eye on him for waiver wires if he does have a midseason breakout. But I just don't see it right now. Yeah, I'm going to keep this quick with Keon Coleman. Um, I just don't like him this year uh, coming out as a rookie because he's going to go to Tampa, decent situation, whatever. But his college stats are just not eye-popping. You're really drafting him as a prospect. Um, multiple games throughout the college season he's held under three catches. Uh, really the bulk of his uh, of his games, really all of his stats came in that LSU game. So I'm not the biggest Keon Coleman guy. Again, as a prospect, it's all there. 6-4, absolute beast to be that Mike Evans replacement. But uh, as for fantasy purposes, he's just not the guy um, that you're going to want this season because yeah. with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans presumably still being there, um, he's completely irrelevant. Um, yeah. So outside of Dynasty, sure, you can go take him. But I also, I also don't think there's any way that the Bucks let Mike Evans go. He's probably no. the greatest wide receiver in their franchise's no, history right now. So, he absolutely is. And if you're watching Keon Coleman tape and like you're blown away, I think you might be highlight watching. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, because full games don't. They're not yeah. eye-popping. I mean, he had like four or five games with three catches or under, so um, not big on Keon Coleman. But that's going to finish it for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to WVUA 90.7 FM, Tuscaloosa Student Section, Fantasy Sports. We'll see you next Monday night. Peace.